And good morning, and welcome to the Sacred Heart Hour at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined by Chuck and Joanne Wilson here at good St. Gabriel. Good morning. Good morning, Father. We have come from a variety of uh, hurdles and brokenness yes, and falls we're and here. wounds, we and we are it. here. <laughs> we're entering into this month of August, a month dedicated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and uh, we'll go into that in a little bit more detail. Uh, but as we begin this hour on the first Friday of this month, dedicated to the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, we invite you to join us as we begin this hour and begin this day by praying the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Chuck, you want to throw out that phone number for St. Gabriel Radio? Yes, yes. Well, good morning. And um, two ways you can reach us this morning. One is call in today at 614-459-4820 to St. Gabriel. We're blessed again to have their staff answering the phones. Or go on our website, Enthronements dot com enthronements.com and for those that are listening uh each month we have a newsletter comes out the first of the month father as you know it's beautiful and uh, now over three thousand are signed up and uh so if you're interested you I think can that's always... why i'm so exhausted yeah. <laughs> and the feature articles with father with his picture so uh if oh, you want to see what father looks picture. like Get the newsletter, I had more hair. but go on enthronements.com, <laughs> go on enthronements.com, and at least you can sign up for the newsletter, and this is going to help us each month to continue to honor the Sacred Heart Father. Yeah, as a little meditation, mm-hmm. uh, a little introduction to the month, uh, a little insight as to you know where things are at in life and how to use where things are at in life to bring us back to our Lord's Sacred Heart. You know, and as we're using uh, this opportunity to invite people to consider signing up for that um, newsletter, which comes out on email. Yeah. Know, now we're like with so many other things, you're moving away from the snail mail stuff, but this is a little thing you receive in your email account uh, just in preparation for the beginning of a month. And it has that meditation, some ideas, some rather thought-provoking invitations for the enthronement of the Sacred Heart and ideas on how to bring your family life, your home life back to the Lord. And uh, one of those uh, you know, tie-ins would be this hour. And uh, just to begin, you know, we're very grateful to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio for uh, pairing up with Sacred Heart Columbus to make sure that we can have a prayer like the morning offering Absolutely, said o- on air. I mean, now I was just we just that. take it for granted, it's true. which it's we cannot gift. take it for exactly. granted. Exactly, yeah. And an opportunity to begin uh, the hour, you know, whether you're in your um, home or in your car on the way to work or on the way to Holy Mass. To actually, I mean, if you could just stop and think about that, you turn on the radio and you actually hear the morning offering prayer yeah. prayed on on air. It's a really, it's a beautiful gift. And it's uh, not just our hour that's focused on the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, the first Friday of the month, but throughout the day, all day, all night, through, you know, every week, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio uh, works to bring the Lord 
and Our Lady and the gift of our holy faith to anyone who is within our listening area. And, you know, the Holy Spirit brings people to us because uh, the priests and the sisters can't be everywhere, and that's really not always their place because we are in the world Absolutely. as baptized Christians. And, you know, you when you have those eyes, you ask the Holy Spirit to show you, just take that you know, initiative and invite them. I had two very meaningful conversations during this past week, inviting them to tune in to AM 820, especially if they have any questions or concerns and even give them certain times of, you know, Catholic Different answers shows, or yeah. Yeah, St. Francis de Sales, the patron saint of our diocese, always the power of the pen over the sword. Ah. But for Joanne Wilson, the power of the pen, as long as it's yes, AM820, you know? I happen to have a pen in my purse. <laughs> handing out the AM820 pens to people. It's like, here's a pen and listen to this hour. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's good. That's what we need to do. I mean, and I can't tell you how many different people will say that they've been become interested in the Catholic faith or learn more about the Catholic faith because of Catholic radio. Yeah. Either they were switching channels or they were inundated bumper by bumper stickers on cars around them. So, you know, the Lord definitely works and the Holy Spirit is the one who stirs within our hearts and brings us back to him, especially in those conversations that we have with our loved ones and with our family members and with our coworkers and our friends, sometimes even doctors and nurses who are visiting. Especially. <laughs> so you never, we never know. And that's one of the exciting things about our holy faith. But oftentimes things can become rather dull. Yeah. We, we just start to take them for granted or they just become uh, almost, uh, we become blind to them. And that's one of the beautiful gifts about this hour on the first Friday is it's an opportunity for all of us. Uh, not just here in the studio, but all of us who are participating in this hour, to never allow that heart of Christ to become something that is taken for granted. And, you know, the whole goal, the whole aim of Sacred Heart Columbus and of this hour on the first Friday is to uh, embrace the invitation, to accept the invitation, to embrace the challenge, really, to make the Lord's Sacred Heart the center of our lives, the center of our homes, the center of our schools and the center of our businesses. So today's a beautiful day. You know, if you have that image of the Sacred Heart in your home already, to just give a little attention to the Lord who dwells there in the home with you, making a king, brother, and friend. You know, Father, as we might have some new listeners today, and they might be saying, "What is the Sacred Heart enthronement? What are we talking about?" Is it's a request directly from Jesus Himself, and He told Saint Margaret Mary. In 1673, 1675, that he would bless each home where an image of his sacred heart is exposed and honored. And I think today, Father, maybe share with everybody, why is this so relevant today? Right. Well, and we've got two things going on here that they're uh, connected. One is the sacred heart of Jesus. A lot of people say, well, what's the sacred heart? And, you know, the heart of Christ is the reality of and the totality of his love for us is not just the heart within his chest. Uh, in Scripture, the heart is used to refer to the, the total person. So when we refer to the heart of Christ, we're referring to the total person of Jesus who makes himself available to us. And then over the years and down throughout the ages, the Lord would give these words of consolation to the beautiful saints and mystics. And in the 1670s, everything hit a new level, a new level of expression, a new degree of uh, a love, really. And it was an image that our Lord actually revealed of his heart, using that heart, using that powerful image of the heart 
a heart that is encircled with a crown of thorns, that is surmounted by the cross, that is engulfed with flames of love, a heart that is pierced and shedding its blood, a heart that is seen and noticeable and approachable, a a heart that is offered to us. And of course, you know what the challenge is when you offer something, Mm. it can be accepted or rejected. Mm. And so for those of us who know the Lord, love the Lord, desire to serve the Lord, we all can appreciate the Lord offers his heart to us and it's a constant daily effort to make sure we accept the gift he makes of his heart to us. The heart that he gives to us in Holy Communion, the heart that issues uh, the words of mercy and forgiveness in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, the heart that welcomes us as we bring little ones to the baptismal font, the heart that uh, rejoices when we are confirmed through the Sacrament of Confirmation and made strong, the heart that is our goal in holy matrimony or holy orders, the heart that is our source of healing and strength and the anointing of the sick. You know, the heart of Christ is supposed to be at the center of our lives as Catholic Christians. And Pius XII made the heart of Christ in a very bold statement. He said, this is the devotion of all devotions. Every Catholic Christian needs to have an orientation towards the heart of Jesus because it's the perfect summary of our faith. Then you enter into another step, this enthronement. You know, what is the enthronement of the Mm -hmm. sacred heart? Well, this is where we take the reality of our Lord that's communicated to us in the image of the heart, and we make that literally the head of our home. We place ourselves under the kingdom of God, and we have that image of our beloved Savior Jesus with his heart exposed, his heart being offered to us. We have his vulnerability, his love for us, his sacrificial, vulnerable love for us at the center of our homes. And when we make the enthronement a lived reality, what we're doing is we're accepting an image of the sacred heart of Jesus. We're placing it at the center of our homes, at the center of our lives. We're making a covenant with the Lord where we acknowledge him to be Lord, Messiah, Christ, King, the Alpha and the Omega. And we ask him to be the King, brother, and friend. We want where we dwell to be a part of his kingdom. A Bethlehem, a Nazareth, a Cana, a Jerusalem, a Calvary. We want our home to be heaven, you know? And the heart, the enthronement is what wow. makes that reality true. And and also huh. for those listening, how you go about it is you could call in to St. Gabriel Radio, 614-459-4820, or go on enthronements.com and sign up. And if you're in the Diocese of Columbus, uh, we have 80 missionaries. Uh, we have witnessed enthronements over 25 homes. 2,500. Uh, 25. <laughs> <laughs> it's <early>. 2,500 <laughs> homes. And, uh, and with that, uh, you know, it's not about us enthroning your home. You enthrone it. Exactly. We, we bring everything right. you need. Just open the door. And as Joanne said, open the door. And it takes about an hour for the preparation phase. And then we come back a week later and witness your enthronement phase of the um, enthronement of the Sacred Heart. So for those listening, this is a gift our Lord has given. And everybody that's had their home enthroned, if you get the newsletter, you you read testimonies of the graces that come from this that our Lord promised. And maybe, Father, talking about our Lord's promises, we talk about the month of August. And in your newsletter, you talk about August, a month to remember 
the return. Right. So many of us are、uh, returning to something or、uh, somewhere or someone. You know, in a particular way, we think of all of our students. Now, they're not going to like what we're talking about right now. <laughs> they stay tuned anyway. <laughs> exactly. They're living in that state of denial. They're like, there's no return. There's no return. I'm not returning to school. Are we talking about the S word? <laughs> <laughs> But you know, there's also a, another more general, a simple return to、uh, the, the schedule. And the summer、ah. naturally offers a change to our schedules. It's not. If nothing else, for just because of the beautiful weather.、Um, you know, so there's a lot of returns that occur in the month of August, whether it's the return to school, return to a different schedule in the family life,、uh, more of a you know, settled routine at the workplace. You know, we're getting ready for this nine month long haul that tends to be not only the school year, but also a very practical way the, the unfolding of the business year, you know? So there's a lot of returns that occur. And that's why this month of August, where we consider and we prepare, To return to you know, that which is the normal pace is also a perfect time to make sure that we return to the Lord. That before our children go back to school,、mm-hmm. that we gather them before the image of the Sacred Heart. You know, if we have a child or a grandchild who's heading off to college, you know, that we encourage them, we invite them, we bring them before the Lord, and we place them under His kingdom, His dominion, and that we invite that young man or that young woman to, remind, to remember. You're going off to an environment where there's incredible studies, incredible opportunities, a lot of choices that have to be made. You know, a lot of choices between sometimes、uh, great options and not so good options. And、uh, they need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. They need that refuge of the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, there's a variety of images of our Lord that can be easily carried. You know, by that young man or that young woman into their dorm room, into their apartment, into their shared living. You know, it's incredible how we send each other into the world、uh, and we, we have our home where the Lord is. And if He's not, this is a good time for us to make sure He becomes present there. But we send our spouses to work. You know, we head off for the errands. You know, we go to our place of employment. We send the kids off to school. You know, we never know what that day can hold. So, today, in some sense, when they're returning to their function, their pace, whatever they're going to set out to do, let's first return to the Lord before we leave early in the morning. Let's say a prayer,、uh, the morning offering, perhaps, or let's commend ourselves to the mercy of God and to have the Sacred Heart of Jesus right there at the center of the home before people leave to return to their task、That's、or their a, job. Absolutely, Father. And, you know, thinking about dorm rooms. And that is a big time right now, going into school and sometimes for the first time as freshmen to kind of put your stake in the ground,、right. you know? So people、yeah. know immediately、yeah. uh, coming in who you are and what you're about, just like there are so many negative. Symbols. Absolutely. Use,、yeah. a, you know, use the positive one. And、use、to encourage the them to really not be ashamed of our holy faith. Yeah. There's so much、uh, intimidation and peer pressure and、mm-hmm. shame out there. And it's like, no, I mean, the Lord is our goal here.、Yeah. The Lord is our goal. You know, I think, Father, also help those listening because I know we have noticed as we've gone into homes to witness their enthronement of the Sacred Heart, we're going into homes without any images today. And what is the, you know, the advantage of having the images in homes? Holy reminders. Right. They're holy reminders.、Yeah. But how can we help everybody with understanding that this is important? It's、right. not just another picture. No, it's a, it's a great point. You know, I, I always go back to the, 
the first couple of years of my priesthood when I was very privileged to be in a parish with a school. And you learn so much about human nature when you just are around the little ones, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's in the classroom imparting a lesson or helping them with questions they may have. But you realize that, you know, all of us really are a child. You know, we are a Mm -hmm. child of God first and foremost as a result of baptism. But we do maintain so many of those same simple, innocent-like, beautiful qualities. And one of the most interesting things, psychologically speaking, is how we absorb information. And the Mm -hmm. thing that hit me so powerfully when I was present in that school, uh, St. Michael's School, was if you see something holy, you'll think about something that's Mm -hmm. holy. Likewise, if you see something that's not holy, then you're not going to really be challenged mm-hmm. to think about something holy. And, and so many of us see things that are not only not holy, but sometimes even they're just flat out very disturbing mm-hmm. and disparaging and sometimes even ugly, you know, very uh, sad things. So how much more important to make sure that in our homes there is something where our eyes can rest upon, where we see something that's holy. Mother Angelica, of course, you know, she would call them holy reminders. It's such a perfect phrase for that. It's a perfect phrase. It's a holy reminder. It's a reminder that not only is there, it's a reminder that there is holiness out there and available, but it's also a reminder that we are supposed to be holy ourselves. And so you're right. We walk into the place where we live. We walk into the place where we're supposed to be able to rest. We walk into that place where we're supposed to be who we are. We don't have to be someone else or something for someone different, you know. No, we can be ourselves. And in that place where we're supposed to be ourselves, how important it is to have a reminder that we're made for holiness. And we we can have more than one reminder. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, you know, sometimes... One for each wall. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes people will say, well, gee, I have a beautiful image from my mother, my grandmother, and you're bringing these other ones. And we say, great. We still do leave the Absolutely, images, yeah. framed images of our Lord, Sacred Heart, and the Immaculate Heart. But, you know, you have other rooms in your home and other places. And we encourage, you know, many holy reminders. You know, yeah. Father, as we talk about now the enthronement, and then we talk about those promises right. that our Lord gave to St. Margaret Mary, 12 promises. And, you know, the reason, and maybe help the, our audience today, why the Sacred Heart Hour is on every first Friday. Absolutely. So, you know... People will Google or Bing or search, you know, 12 promises. And then sometimes you'll compare them and it's like, now, wait a minute. Some of the wording is a bit different, you know, or they're numbered a bit different. Well, remember the 12 promises are basically uh, 12 summaries or statements that are summaries of the overall apparitions that our Lord had with St. Margaret Mary. So these are like 12 succinct, very uh, independent, you know, set aside statements or summary statements of a long conversation that was taking place with our Lord and St. Margaret Mary. And a lot of people will call and it's like, well, my ninth promise is different than your ninth mm. promise. And it's like, mm. no, the general gist is there. It's 12 summaries of this long conversation. And in that long conversation that took place over the different apparitions, the Lord revealed these different uh, invitations and promises. Now, what we call the 12th promise that our Lord made to St. Margaret Mary when he was appearing to her. It deals with the first Friday in particular. And it says, the all-powerful love of my heart, this is Jesus speaking again, the all-powerful love of my heart will grant to all those who shall receive communion on the first Friday of nine consecutive months the grace of final repentance 
They shall not die under my displeasure, nor without receiving their sacraments. My heart shall be their assured refuge at the last hour. So, Chuck, you asked, you know, why is our program on the first Friday? Well, our program is on the first Friday so as to not only encourage, but also to invite our listeners to hear these words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to make use of his offer, of his invitation, to not reject or to not let go of what he offers, but to accept it and make good on it. Attend Holy Mass today. It's the first Friday of the month. And someone might say, well, why shouldn't I just go to Mass every day? Why, why does this have to be the first Friday? Well, the Lord draws our attention to the first Friday of the month, because every Friday is a day where we're called to remember the passion of Jesus. And oftentimes in our love and in our attention to the Lord, when we're considering his passion, his sacrifice, his love for us, oftentimes we become overwhelmed with that love. And we're just basking in the glory of his love. And we're striving to do our penances as an act of reparation. But the Lord designates the first Friday of all Fridays in a month as a day for reparation against the sins, for the sins against his sacred heart. And in a particular way, we think of the pierced wound you know, in his side that pierced the heart. We think of the insults against his person, against his identity, uh, how people don't always accept him. Sometimes they do reject him. So today is not the first Friday of the month. Today is not a day about us. It's a day uniquely about him, as opposed to the other Fridays where we might think about how our sins have affected him on the cross. No, today is where we make an act of reparation for the sins committed against his heart, especially on the cross. And so our program is on the first Friday, so as to spread the word, help uh, spread the introduction and the invitation from our Lord to help as many people as possible understand the fruitfulness, the power, the life, the mercy, the forgiveness you know, everything that is found within the heart of Christ and how the first Friday of every month is a day for that. And, you know, by doing that, Father, by entering in and trying, and then, you know, when I know when I began wanting to make the first Fridays, the nine first Fridays, mm-hmm. and then I'd miss one, and you know, <laughs> I have to start over. Oh, right. no. <laughs> but now it's become just kind of a natural flow in my right. life. Absolutely. And it's and it's not uh you know like a goal to achieve. It's just part of the pattern of my life and it's so rich. Yes. It it's you know it's once again it's our Lord's gift to right. us. And I think it's important for all of us to understand and for all of our listeners to appreciate this is not another burden. Yeah. It's not a law, it's not some command, you know. It's not an expectation. It's an offer. Mm-hmm. It's an invitation. And a lot of times people will come up and you know say, oh, Father, I really need to do this. And say, like, yes, but make sure you're doing it out of love, not, out of a, not as a burden. You know, I mean, really, that's what it's about. Our Lord speaks to the heart of humanity, wanting us to love him. But and the Father, first Friday if you're not there, there, don't you just, if you're not quite there with the love, just do it and the <laughs> well, love will come. That's the practice, though. You know, you do the nine first Fridays and the yeah. idea is you open your heart to his heart, uh-huh. you know. And um, and I, you hear from a lot of people, they satisfied the nine first Fridays many, many years ago, mm-hmm. perhaps. But as you mentioned, because it becomes a beautiful, perfect way to begin the month, it's like, yeah. I want to consecrate this month to his heart. I know, I know what I need and I need him and he's making himself available so I'm going to offer myself to him as he's offered himself to me. And it's a beautiful way. I mean, 
you know, think of the words from the Gospel of John. The Father, you know, our Lord says, "If anyone loves me, my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him." John fourteen verse twenty three. So he, he, there's that offer there. You know, if anyone loves me, my Father will love him. The Lord is the one who's been a gift to us from the Father, and He makes a gift of His heart to us for our homes, and gives that opportunity for us to make Him King, brother, and friend. So this month of August, as we're considering these different details on the first Friday and at the Sacred Heart Hour, the month of August is not only an opportunity to return to the Lord, as we return to so many other things, but it's also a beautiful month where we can consider uh, the richness of our faith. You know, And it's like, well, maybe... Maybe I wasn't as on the ball as I should have been with Sunday Mass over the summer. You know, uh, we took our vacation, and unfortunately, our vacation meant we didn't abide by uh, keeping holy the Lord's Day. So we have an opportunity to return to the sacrament of confession. Let's get back into a state of grace so that when we receive our Lord on the first Friday, when we go to Mass every Sunday, there is that place of grace within our hearts, and we're able to receive our Lord Jesus Christ worthily in Holy Communion. And then he offers us the grace of final repentance. Now, as we were mentioning in our mm-hmm. our uh, pregame, you know, <laughs> yeah. touchdown meeting, you know, <laughs> it's like no one likes to talk about death and pain and suffering, <laughs> you know. But yet the Lord, what, exposes himself in his vulnerability mm-hmm. on the crucifix. You know, most Catholics see the crucifix and automatically know what it evokes. It's his love for us. So we can't be afraid of pain, suffering, and death, but we have to cling to Jesus so as to get through it. And uh, in those moments where we are suffering, you know, something so tiny like a kidney stone can bring down someone <laughs> so big, like a six-foot-tall man, you know, <laughs> something like that. It's the pain and suffering of life, yeah. and the Lord wants us to know He is there. He is there with us. He is not far from us. And uh, to have that and to make sure that that grace is open and that He, you know, if we can open ourselves up to His heart now on these first Fridays— he makes sure that we will have that consolation of knowing he is there with us when we leave this life and are born into eternity. You know, Father, this morning, the reading from Le- Leviticus, you know, all the requirements. Oh, yes. All the requirements. And I'm thinking our Lord has given us one requirement. Right. Get to Mass yeah. on First Friday. Yeah. And, you know, I think for all of us, we can't disregard this. This is not... You know, it's an invite from the Lord. We have to respond, but he knows the importance for us to be at Mass on First Friday to really start the month, as you say, and and heal some of the wounds within the family. And I think August is a great time for families to start fresh. They've had a summer. Joanne and I, we used to think of our vacations sometimes as not a vacation. It was almost work. Like this year. (laughs) You need a vacation from vacation. vacation, Our vacation was in Dublin, Ohio. Yeah. We thought, I thought, oh, Dublin, Ireland. No, no, no. (laughs) But I think it's important Uh, to just regroup as a family. And no better way to regroup is around his heart. Exactly. And to make our home within his heart. So very true. And you know, some of us are looking at August as like, this is the month where we hope to return to the fullness of health. Uh, you know? yes. <laughs> get back on our feet and get back to a normal pace. And that normal, you know, we're all looking for the quote unquote normal, that normal pace. But what is normal in life if we're not living life with the Lord? 
you know, the ups and downs, the throws to the side and the side. So we need him to be the one who is with us in the midst of whatever uh, struggles or normalcy we're, we're working with. And uh, month of August is not only a month to consider all the different opportunities to return or where we have to go or how we have to go back and how we get to come before the Lord, but it's also the month of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Which I did not know. <laughs> Father, tell us about it. Well, we're always we learning something new, it. aren't we? <laughs> and we might be running out of time in the first session. <laughs> oh, so this is what we call the bait. <laughs> we bait yes, them to yes. hang in there and come back. <laughs> and how about the Transfiguration? Oh, there's so many different feast days in this month. So many beautiful Saint opportunities. St. Maximilian Kobe. Very favorite. The Franciscans always work their way into this hour. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow it got into our notes and we slipped in. Bribery. Bribery. <laughs> and then, of course, the High Holy Day that is so special to us Catholic Christians is the Holy Day of Obligation, the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary into Heaven, August 15th. And uh, and then, of course, you know, it's important for us to keep in mind that in the life of the church, there's these octaves, these eight-day periods, uh, you know, and the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, there's an octave, eight days of celebrating her Assumption to Heaven, and that comes to a close with celebrating the Queenship of the Blessed Virgin Mary, celebrated on Thursday, August 22nd, and therein lies the key to understanding why is August that is dedicated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary? Well, remember Our Lady of Fatima. You know, when she was appearing in 1917, mm-hmm. she spoke of the need to have the world consecrated to her Immaculate Heart, her Immaculate Heart. You fast forward, you know, through one world war and then World War II, and Pope Pius Twelfth was the Holy Father at the time, and his heart was actually and absolutely broken over World War II, mm-hmm. the plight of humanity, the suffering of the innocent, the death and destruction. So Pius Twelfth consecrated the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And when the peace did not immediately come, he then instituted the feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, uh, trying Mm. to assuage the brokenness of the heart of Jesus. He wanted to honor the mother Mm. of Jesus uh, and abide by her request to consecrate Mm. the world. And he looked at the whole world, and the whole world is engulfed in a massive, Mm. terribly tragic and diabolical war. You know, I mean, the Catholic Church and so many people, everything from the Jewish people being annihilated in the Holocaust to the overrun of the different, you know, armies throughout the European continent, African continent, Asian continents. You know, what happened? He consecrated the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and named the feast day for the Immaculate Heart of Mary on August 22nd. But then that got bumped to May after the Second Vatican Council and uh, gave us an opportunity to consider uh, a little bit more about the Assumption in Our Lady's Immaculate Heart. More to come after we conclude with this prayer and enter into a brief break. Almighty ever-living God, who assumed the Immaculate Virgin Mary, the mother of your Son, body and soul into heavenly glory, grant, we pray, that always attentive to the things that are above, we may merit to be sharers of her glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. 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 Everyone has to work through mounds of mundane stuff every day. Even the Pope has to rubber stamp a stack of papers today. The question is, what spirit do you bring to that stuff? I was folding laundry the other day for six kids. The mound was huge. And I was starting to get this terrible attitude. Arg, I don't want to be doing this. And I remembered a guy who reached out to our ministry anonymously through an email contact form. He was in a different continent 
He said, can someone come visit me? I'm ill. I'm so lonely. I have no friends, no family. He was just reaching out to the internet in desperation. I almost started crying as I folded each shirt. Thank you, God, for the kid who wears this shirt, the wife who wears that dress. Listen, if you have work today, give thanks. And if you have people you love who you're getting to work for, give thanks even more. If you do, your work might still be kind of stinky, but at least you won't be. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, You are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. Good morning and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined in the studio by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning. Now, our, our first segment was a bit slow. We didn't give a lot of information. I just got that from our boss to my left, you know? It was a bit lethargic. You it know? was so wonderful. We baited people with too much information at the end, though. Um, so here we are on the first Friday of the month of August, a month dedicated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, a month that gives us many different opportunities to concern how we return in life during this month, whether it's to school or to a normal pace or a different pace of life, you know, um, moving away from the time for vacation and break. But it's also a beautiful and perfect month to consider how the Lord Jesus Christ has to always be our destination, the one to whom we always return. Guided by and accompanied by the prayers of Our Lady, we seek out the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And so Sacred Heart Columbus, Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month is meant to help you I encourage you and invite you to consider making the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ that that place to which you return, that person to whom you go, the Lord Jesus. So as you listen to this hour, you hear words about our Lord's sacred heart or the enthronement, the process of making his heart the center of your home, your household, your place of work, or your place of education, we uh, give you that opportunity to participate in this hour by calling in uh, with any questions you may have uh, to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Chuck, you want to throw that? Yeah, six one four four five nine four eight two zero. That's six one four four five nine four eight two zero or enthronements dot com. And uh, again, we promoted on the first segment uh, the importance of maybe just if you haven't done this, you don't know a whole lot about it. Just sign up for the newsletter, and that Absolutely. comes out the first of every month, and uh, there'll be a little. Um, testimony in there. There'll be some information of what this is all about. Uh, there'll be prayers uh, and also a nice introductory by Father Stosh Daly uh, for that month as a reflection. So there were plenty of opportunities to dial into the Sacred Heart Hour, 
the newsletter, uh, and also, Father, November 16th, we have our 8th Annual Sacred Heart Congress coming up. Looking oh, ahead. it's going to be a good one. Time goes fast. It does go <laughs> Time fast. goes fast. Yeah, and you know, in this month of August, one of the things we like to do as we spend this hour with you on the first Friday is to highlight some of the beautiful feast days that we get to live during this month of August. You know, today's the August 2nd, so it's the first Friday of the month, a month dedicated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, a month where we get to prepare for the opportunity to make the Lord's Sacred Heart the center of our life. Uh, just around the corner, we have the opportunity to fe- uh, celebrate the Feast of the Transfiguration of the Lord to consider how He is the fullness of the prophecy that was called for uh, and announced by the Holy Prophets, and also He's the satisfaction of the law that we see in someone like Moses, Moses and Elijah appearing with our Lord Jesus and then His Transfiguration. And, of course, there's that eagerness and excitement on the part of the apostles who witness it, and they hear the voice of the Father from heaven. Uh, you know, and then a personal favorite, I'm not just throwing a bone to the Franciscans, <laughs> but he is a personal favorite, St. Maximilian Maria Kolbe. Oh, His yeah. feast day is on August 14th. And a lot of people say, well, why? Why? I mean, why 14th? Well, because he was totally given over to the Immaculata <laughs> in a title that was one of his favorites for Our Lady, the Immaculate Conception. He referred to her as the Immaculata. And in special veneration and homage to his total dedication to Our Lady, John Paul II set his feast day on the 14th. Um, and a beautiful thing is people really weren't sure at the canonization of Maximilian Kolbe how he was going to be designated as a saint. And when John Paul II came out of St. Peter's Basilica wearing the red vestments, meaning mm. Maximilian Kolbe is a martyr, mm. a martyr of charity. Mm. He set the tone uh, for how the church responds to the beautiful life, love, and witness to his love for Our Lady and his dedication to Christ. St. Maximilian Kolbe was a conventional Franciscan friar who was martyred by the Nazis in Auschwitz, uh, the death camp in Poland. But keep in mind, the whole reason why he ended up there is because of his love, his love of God, his love of Our Lady, and his love of neighbor. And his feast day really gives us all an opportunity to prepare for the next day, the 15th, which is the Holy Day, uh, the Assumption of Our Lady into Heaven. Now remember, Our Lady's Assumption into Heaven is not something that she does on her own. She is assumed into Heaven. She's literally pulled into Heaven by Christ, her Son. He wants His Mother, she who is our Mother, to be with Him in Heaven. It's a Holy Day of Obligation, so we all have the privilege of attending Holy Mass and uh, praying the Gloria and the Creed. Uh, on that special day, the Assumption of Our Blessed Virgin Mary, August 15th. For those of you who live in Ohio, in central Ohio in a particular way, a shout-out to the Shrine of Our Lady of Consolation. That is the big Marian day that the Shrine of Our Lady of Consolation in Cary, about an hour and a half, give or take, north of Columbus, celebrates its love for Our Lady. And uh, moving on, we have the Feast of St. Pius X. Now, St. Pius X has a special place in the hearts of those who are devoted to the Sacred Heart, and that's because in 1907, St. Pius X, who, by the way, patron saint of uh, Bishop Watterson High School and St. Pius X Parish in Reynoldsburg, he had a conversation, a meeting with Father Matteo, what we call an audience. And Pius X said, Not only do I permit you, but I command you to give your life for this work of building the social reign of the Sacred Heart by first winning the family home for the king of love. Pius X saw the importance of the family 
and that was in 1907, he understood that as the family goes, so will the world. And think about that. As our family goes, so will the world. So our family is really the battleground. The Lord wants to win our home. He wants to make sure that our marriages are holy. He wants to make sure that a man and woman who are married are able to communicate in love and totally give themselves over and that that family home is truly a school of humanity for the children who are there and they can grow up in that school of humanity where Christ is the teacher. He's the lesson and the teacher. So we owe so much to uh, Pope St. Pius X, who not only admitted the power of the enthronement of the Sacred Heart, but he also commanded Father Matteo to make this something that would be found on every continent and a lived reality in every Christian home. And every family has challenges. Oh, yeah. And, you know, having the missionaries go into the homes, it's so beautiful because we are not counselors. We do not offer the solution except that we do have the solution which is Jesus and part of the joy of being a missionary and you might be called out there to be a missionary is to then you know hear the stories and you read about some of them in the newsletter of the graces that do come the healings and things that are revealed that were hidden that needed to be (laughs) dealt with as you say, sometimes Jesus rearranges the, the furniture. furniture. It's a little messy <laughs> right. for a while. Yeah. But, um, you know, it is just such a, it's such a help. I don't know really why anyone would not want right. to welcome Jesus and to, you know, welcome him through the formal enthronement of him as king, brother, friend, savior in your home. And I think this is why, Father, it's so relevant today, because it's very obvious, every family, families are under attack today. Oh, so true. Yeah, and you see that, Father, and and your vocation, and we see that. And there isn't a family that's escaping this relativism, the secularism of the Mm -hmm. world, the sports of the world, things that continue to divide a family. Yes. And I think our Lord... By coming in 1907 and touching St. Pius X's heart to really uh, commanding Father Matteo to go out, we're an extension of that. We're not a new movement. No. No, this is just an extension of Father Matteo uh, because of that religious order of the Congregation of the Sacred Hearts of Jesus and Mary. Right. Um, as they are sort of dying out a little bit. It's now the laity and new priests that are saying, we got to keep this devotion going because it is the devotion. Yeah, and the Lord is stirring in so many different hearts and minds and places and schools and homes and businesses. And, you know, and, and not to um, become sidetracked, but we who live in central Ohio are incredibly blessed. I mean, the Lord has chosen this particular part of the country, this particular part of the state, Mm -hmm. for this absolutely incredible renewal in this return to the sacred heart of Jesus. I mean, when you travel and when you're in communication with people from around the country, around the world, and you hear about the fervor and the excitement of the faith lived out here in central Ohio— People don't. People think you're mad. I mean, they think you cracked a nut. They're like, "What? Oh no, that doesn't exist anyplace." And it's like, "Come visit." You know, the people here believe. The people here love. The people here serve the Lord. 
And that's all the more reason why we need his heart as our own in our homes. There is so much that needs to be done to reclaim the social order for the reign, the social reign of Jesus. And we begin one person at a time, one heart at a time. And, you know, a lot of times we're overwhelmed with that thought. Well, the church is where I go. The church is what I do. But the church is not who I am. And there could be nothing further from the truth. You know, keep in mind, in 1907, the Pope in Rome, who you would never hear from, you know, you know, mm-hmm. might, if you could catch a radio, you might hear him give a brief address on the radio. Think about how much more communication we have now with the Holy Father and the, the papal uh, institution. You know, the Holy Father is very much invested in your family. He's invested in your soul. The Pope wants you to go to heaven by having heaven now, there, in grace with our Lord. And so when the Holy Father sees what's going on in the family life, in the home life, and in the world, he understands the heart of Christ is the answer, but the heart of Christ has to be found at that building block, which is the family. So he wants every family, every home to have the heart of Christ at its center. And, you know, it's important because when we do the enthronement, we bring you a picture, an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We bring you a matching image of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And then we bring what's called the Pilgrim Virgin of Fatima, Our Lady Fatima, and that statue has a crown, you know, and we have these uh, religious uh, uh, statue and pictures. The pictures stay with you, and then the Pilgrim and rosaries. Virgin. We bring yes, rosaries. we bring the rosaries and the booklets and all the prayers, and even a DVD with a catechesis on it. Uh, but all of this is done so that we are helping live out the church's request and desire that every Christian home have the Sacred Heart at the center. And, uh, you know, in this month of the Immaculate Heart, if you're thinking about the enthronement to the Sacred Heart, if you're hearing these words and thinking, I need to draw closer to Jesus, I need to be able to make my prayer more direct, more simple, more uh, sufficient for expressing the needs of my heart, ask Our Lady, teach me how to pray to your Son, so that your Son, who is my Lord, may be very easily approachable. And uh, Our Lady will definitely take that. And likewise, if you kind of struggle, if you struggle with Our Lady, uh, you're not really sure how to relate to Our Lady, go to Our Lord. Lord, help me to love your mother as you love your mother. And uh, in this month of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, you know, we have a beautiful opportunity to return to the heart of Christ. You know, Father, I know we have a number of listeners like myself growing up that was, I'm a convert. And You know, that's one of the areas where I think converts struggle and sometimes even Catholics struggle with what is this Mary all about? (laughs) Sure. Yes. Who is she and why is she here? (laughs) And I think uh, maybe for our listeners, if you can just help them understand, this does not take away anything from Jesus, but leads us to Jesus. Absolutely. Remember, Mary is the mother of Jesus. And as mother, she gives birth to Jesus. So she gives birth to him. She literally, it is through her that he enters into our presence, into our midst. It is through her. Um, We can go back to the Annunciation. You know, the Holy Spirit overshadows her and she will conceive. Okay, so from her is born Jesus. She is his mother. Now, I would invite you to just encourage just for a moment, John chapter 19. Jesus is hanging on the cross and he says what? Behold your mother. Okay, he's saying that to John. He's saying that to the disciples who are gathered there around the foot of the cross. He's saying that to the whole crowd, behold your mother. But before he says, behold your mother, before he said that powerful phrase, behold your mother, 
He looked at his mother. In those final moments he had while hanging on the cross and dying out of love for us. And he says, behold your son. Now, um, I was just at the Colvadis retreat for young high school boys who are discerning priesthood, and I reminded him, I said, you know, what language was the gospel of John written in first? Not English. <laughs> it's written in Greek. And Jesus says, behold your son. Yet you know, he's not referring to himself. He's referring to John. He, you know, he's telling his mother, look at your son, John. Behold mm. your son. But there's a plural dimension to the unfolding of the words. And it's not just behold your son, John, but behold all of those who like him follow me. Mm. Behold my disciples as your children. And then he turns to the disciple and says, behold your mother. So long mm. before we ever accept her as our mother, she has accepted us as her children. And any devotion, any mm. love, any veneration we give to her is automatically a response to the love and devotion that she has offered to us because she sees how much her son Jesus loves us and she knows how much we need to and should love him. And she wants to bring her children together, everyone from her son, Jesus, the firstborn, to we, her children, who are his disciples. And when we make the enthronement of the Sacred Heart in our homes, a necessary part of the enthronement is opening our minds and our hearts to the woman who becomes our mother because we are now a disciple. And so that's why we have the Immaculate Heart of Mary that accompanies the Sacred Heart of Jesus picture. That's why we have the statue of Our Lady of Fatima that enters into the home. And it's interesting, you know, keep in mind, the statue of Our Lady of Fatima is wearing a crown. You know, because we Catholics, we love accessories, right? We love jewelry. No, that's not the reason why. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Some of us do. Well, that's like number two or number three on the reasons why. <laughs> Joanne has her statues and then they have the accessories, you know. No, Our Lady of Fatima comes into your home with a crown precisely because of what we celebrate on August 22nd, the Queenship Mm. of Blessed Virgin Mary, the Queenship. Now, uh, Paul VI, St. Paul VI, when he, after the Second Vatican Council, was looking at the liturgical calendar, he saw that you have the celebration of the Assumption of Mary on the 15th, and then eight days later, you had the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And that Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary on August 22nd had been set by Pius XII during World War II because he wanted a restoration of peace. And Paul VI was looking and he said, now, I understand Immaculate Heart of Mary eight days after the Assumption of Mary into Heaven. He said, but uh, I don't want the Immaculate Heart of Mary to be separated from the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So he moved the celebration of the Immaculate Heart of Mary to the Saturday that follows the feast day of the Sacred Heart, which is always on a Friday. So we celebrate the Feast of the Sacred Heart on a Friday in June, and then the very next day that Saturday is dedicated to the Immaculate Heart. Part of the reason why Paul VI moved it to that Saturday after the Feast Day of the Sacred Heart was because of the five first Saturdays, the importance of keeping Saturday as a day of honoring Our Lady. That left the 22nd open in August, And he said, now, wait a minute, if on the 15th we're celebrating the return of Our Lady into heaven in the Assumption, think about how we pray the mysteries of the rosary. You know, the fourth mystery of the glorious mysteries, the Assumption of our Blessed Virgin Mother into heaven. The fifth mystery is the coronation of Mary as Queen of heaven and earth. So if we're going to celebrate the Assumption of Mary into heaven on the 15th, and we're going to celebrate this octave, eight days of celebrating the return of Mary into heaven as our Mother and Queen, Then at the end of the Assumption octave, why don't we have the celebration and the feast of the coronation of Mary as queen? 
So that's why we have the Queenship of Mary celebrated on August 22nd, eight days after the Assumption of Mary into heaven on the 15th. And that's also why the Immaculate Heart of Mary, which had been celebrated on the 22nd, was moved to the very first Saturday, the next day, actually, after the feast day of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which is always celebrated in June. Paul VI wanted to keep our celebration of the Sacred Heart and Immaculate Heart united because he understood humanity understands the terminology of the heart. We know the bond that can exist between two hearts, between a man and woman, between a parent and a child, um, and a mother and a son. So we celebrate the Sacred Heart of Jesus the very next day, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We celebrate in August the Assumption of Our Lady into Heaven on the 15th, and then eight days later, the Queenship of Mary. And so when you see that picture of Mary and she's wearing a crown, okay, she never wore a crown in Nazareth. And she didn't walk around Jerusalem telling people, get on your knees, I am the queen. No, the queen, the queenship comes with her maternity because she is the mother of Jesus, who as king, then following the rules of David and Solomon, his mother is queen. So when she's assumed into heaven, body and soul, she's crowned as queen of heaven and earth because her son, Jesus, is king of heaven and earth. So when we make the sacred heart of Jesus Christ the center of our home, king, brother, and friend, what does that mean? He is the king, brother, and friend. That means Mary becomes the queen, she becomes our mother, and she becomes our confidant. And so we welcome her into our home as we acknowledge Jesus as king, brother, and friend. And that's why she has the crown. Wow, that is so beautiful. Totally exhausted. I believe it. <laughs> that was like a marathon. I believe it. And there wasn't a single Fire note. Hydrate. Don't ask me to remember. Well, don't, don't miss, if you didn't miss the last two sessions, we wouldn't put you on the spot, you know, Father. Well, you know what it really reminds me of, Father, is so many times as Catholics, we might have questions or we might come up with our own reasons why something is the way it is. Or we might question the way it is. But, you know, there's usually, there's always, not usually, <laughs> there's a reason. Always and, a reason. And, yep. you know, always a reason. And a reason for us to study our faith in a deeper way, to familiarize ourselves with the catechism, mm-hmm. which is yeah. such a blessing to just look it up. But to hear this explanation you know, it makes so much sense, and it's so beautiful, and it's so thought out, and it's just um, awe-inspiring. And that's really true with all the teachings of the church. Absolutely. You know, I think for me, Father, listening to you and being the convert, two things I was thinking about. Number one, the church celebrates. Absolutely. Oh, I was yeah. thinking totally. when, yep. when our son said, Dad, Christmas does not end on <laughs> December twenty fifth. No, it no. starts exactly, and yeah. you have the eight days exactly the octave. Of, yep, of the octave, yeah. and now this morning you're talking about the eight days yeah. on the fifteenth that we're celebrating Mary all the way to her queenship oh, absolutely so on the twenty second. Yeah, so we we have to cherish this. And the way we can do it is to enthrone our homes yes. to Jesus yeah. Christ. Absolutely. Because by bringing him in, Our Lady enters with him. And how, how many of us have, uh, being honest, how many of us can admit those moments where we were far from Jesus, maybe because mm-hmm. of sin or darkness or despair, and it was the presence, it was the name, it was a prayer to Our Lady that thawed the ice 
it turned the lights back on, yeah. you know? And we realized, you know, Lord, I am here before you because your mother would not give up on me. Hmm. She wants her kids to play. <laughs> she wants her children to get along. And if you think about it, in the heart of every mother, that's what she wants. She wants her children to she get does. along. She wants her children to get along. Mm-hmm. And Our Lady wants us, her children, to be so close to Christ, her son, that she oftentimes will not only intercede, but as I like to say, she will also interfere. You know? oh, <laughs> A powerful yeah. word. And I have the scars in this banking to prove it, you know, so (laughs) she will definitely intercede and interfere. And it's a beautiful opportunity. You know, Father, before we close, um, I'd like to uh, just recite the Pope Francis Prayer of Intention for August. And it's families and schools of human growth that families through their life of prayer and love become even more clearly schools of true human growth. And Father, what does he mean by human growth? Well, it's a good question. Human growth means human formation, human formation, living for the other, living first for the Lord. You know, we covered the feast day of St. Maximilian Kolbe. Um, He lived for the other. He grew up in a family home there in Poland where he went through a beautiful school of human growth, a school of human formation at the hands of his mother and father. They taught him how to, through human formation, basic human formation, live for the other. And the other is first and foremost, the Lord. First and foremost, the Lord. And then the other is Our Lady. And then the other is your neighbor. Live for the other. So our Holy Father is um, asking us to pray that the family will once again become a school of growth for children and all, the mother and the father, but also of human formation, that the family will become the place where we relearn and uh, make use of that opportunity to live for the other, you know? And and in this month of August, we have so many beautiful examples to uh, be reminded of how, you know, in the lives of the saints, of our Lord and our Lady, how when we are open to the formation in the family, the domestic church, we then are able to actually live for the other. Like someone, a beautiful example, our Lord himself on the cross, our lady who brings our Lord to us. And in this month, St. Maximilian Kolbe, you know, he lives out that beautiful example. He died on the 14th and his feast days the 14th, loved our lady, lived for the other and gave us all for Jesus. You know, for those listening again, 614-459-4820, call St. Gabriel, even call during this month. And uh, go to enthronements.com and uh, just learn more about the enthronement. This is something every family needs. And I know, Father, as we come to close, I can't thank you enough for the insight that you've given our listeners today about the beauty of this month. And I know, Father, we're going to close in prayer. Thank you so much for joining us on this first Friday, our dedicated to the Sacred Heart on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. As we move on with the rest of our day, let us commend ourselves to the mercy of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to thy divine heart. Be thou our King forever. In thee we have full and entire confidence. And may thy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, desires, words, and deeds. Bless our undertakings. Share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. Grant us to know thee better, love thee more and serve thee without faltering. Amen. Amen. Amen.